0: You are listening to The Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 231. This is The Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At The Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens and I am your host of the Best in Wealth podcast. Now this is a show dedicated to helping real people, that's you my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a fiduciary, a fee-only certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. It is fantastic to be with you today. And today's topic is what financial issues should I consider before the end of the year? But before we get to the topic of the day, a couple of weeks ago, I started the episode out, episode 230, with the question, what makes you happy? And I figured out this week something else makes me happy, something other than what I brought up last week. What makes me happy is my lawn, especially in Wisconsin in the fall, the grass, the green grass surrounding my house, my half an acre. I love it. But there are certainly some issues that I need to consider before the end of the year, such as every fall we do a lawn aeration. Get those little spikes in the ground so we can create some space in the lawn and take care of some of that thatch underneath. And it's very important to do in the fall. And then what do we do right after that? Well, we need to overseed the lawn And then after that, we need to put fertilizer on the lawn. And well before anything, even the aeration, we need to cut the lawn really short. There are a lot of steps that we need to take before the end of the year. There's a lot of issues to consider. So those are the steps that I took. You might have different steps for your lawn or maybe... You just don't care that much about your lawn. Maybe it's not a priority. Maybe it doesn't make you happy the way it does for me because I was sweating bullets this past week taking care of all the issues that I needed to consider and then do before the end of the year when it came to my grass. Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. What financial issues should I consider before the end of the year? This isn't a show about getting a great, nice, green, lush lawn, although in my book that's important. This is a financial podcast. And I feel like the last few episodes, I've been talking more about the mental aspect about retirement and not the financial aspect. And I like to kind of change it up every now and again. And with so with my clients, we're about to meet in the fall so that we can go over many topics, but also look at the issues that each of my clients need to consider before the end of the year. Because there's a lot of things that we need to consider and then potentially do if it fits within your financial plan before the end of the year. Because after the end of the year's up, it's too late. So what are these issues? Well, I broke them into three big groups, tax planning issues, cash flow issues, and insurance planning issues. And within these three big topics, I have a total of 15 points that I want to get across. And I don't want this podcast to take a couple of hours. So I'm going to try and shorten up each of these points. But if you want to learn more about any of these points, certainly contact me, scott at fortressplanninggroup.com, if you're looking to start a discussion and what it means and looks like to join the Fortress family. So the first main topic I want to look at, and quite frankly, most of the points I want to talk about is under this first main topic, which are tax planning issues and i'm going to go through these like i said kind of quickly but within these give you some of these updated numbers so that if you're a do it yourselfer or if your financial advisor doesn't cover a lot of these topics cuz quite frankly a lot of advisors don't well then you can start to implement some of these so here we go tax planning issues the first pointer do you have unrealized investment losses or gains in your taxable account well first you need to have a taxable brokerage account But if you do have some gains in your accounts and you've already done some tax loss harvesting earlier in the year, or if you need to do some tax loss harvesting now, well, now is the time. We wanna get these and lock them in before the end of the year. And so if you can consider realizing some losses to either offset some gains for some sales that you took earlier this year, or if you have losses you can deduct $3,000 on this year's taxes. You don't think it's a lot, but if you're in the 24% bracket, that's over a $700 savings by just realizing some losses. And if you have more than 3,000, because the IRS only allows you to deduct 3,000, you carry the rest of them forward. So if you can find $15,000 worth of losses in different asset classes that might not be doing as well right now, versus other ones, realize those losses, and now you might get that $700 savings year in and year out for the next several years. Next point, are you subject to taking any RMDs, including inherited IRAs? So RMDs, we think about, when we're much older, that we need to take required minimum distributions and the law, it's kind of like a moving target that used to be 70 and a half, then it moved to 72, last year it moved to 73 and in 10 years, it's gonna move to 75. But a lot of us have inherited IRAs too that we've inherited from our parents or from somebody else. But remember, if you do have RMDs that you can aggregate all of your IRAs together and take that RMD out of one account and make sure that you do it by the end of the year. You're subject to a huge penalty if you don't take your RMD. If your RMD is scattered amongst multiple 401ks, you need to take an RMD in each and every one of those 401ks. You are not allowed to aggregate. The only retirement plan that you can is with 403bs. 403bs, you are allowed to aggregate. So make sure you take that RMD, whether you are of age or you have an inherited IRA, make sure that happens before the end of the year. Next point. Do you expect your income to increase in the future? Maybe you're out of a job right now. Maybe you are out of a job for a good part of this year. Maybe you're making a whole lot less this year than you plan on making next year. And if that's the case, you need to consider making Roth IRA contributions or Roth 401k contributions and potentially doing Roth conversions. And that's because you're in a low tax bracket. Let's fill up those low tax brackets and not worry about contributing to a regular 401k when we might only be able to deduct 10% or so off of our taxes when next year we might be in the 22 or 32% bracket let's roth this year and then we'll go deferred next year and look at roth conversions for this year what about the flip side what if you expect your income to decrease in the future you're making a lot this year maybe you got a bonus this year or something happened where your income was a lot more. Maybe you sold some property. Well, if you expect your income to decrease in the future, well, this year is the year to defer as much as you can. The regular 401k contributions, the regular IRA contributions. And then next year, if you're going to make less, depending on your tax bracket, you flip and you start to make those Roth contributions again. What if you're on the threshold of a tax bracket? What do I mean by that? Well, this is the next point that I want to get across. We live in a progressive tax system. Your first X amount of dollars are taxed at 10%. The next X amount of dollars you make is taxed at 12%, then 22, then 24, then 32, and the list goes on. So if you're on the threshold of a higher tax bracket, let's look at ways to defer some of that income looking at strategies to defer income or accelerate deductions and strategies to manage capital gains and losses to keep you in that lower tax bracket, just like that tax loss harvesting I was talking about earlier. So consider the following important tax thresholds. Write down these numbers, well, only if you're not driving right now. If your income is below 182,000, 364000 married filing jointly, you are in the 24% marginal tax bracket. Taxable income in this next bracket will be taxed at 32%. So if there's a way, if you're contributing to a Roth 401k right now to flip that into deferred, you're saving potentially 32% on every dollar that you're putting in. And there's a lot of other gotchas in the tax code too. If your taxable income is above 492,000, and I'm rounding here, or 553 married filing jointly, any long-term capital gains will be taxed at the higher 20%. If you sold an investment property, there are a different set of tax brackets that you are subject to. And that can be 0%, 15%, or 20%. If we can avoid that 20%, that's a good thing. What if your modified adjusted gross income is over 200 as a single or 250 married filing jointly? Then you might be subject to the 3.8% net investment income tax. That's a gotcha. If we can avoid that, that's a good thing. That's why tax planning is so important. If you're on Medicare, consider the impact of the IRMA surcharges. If you make over a certain amount... Now you have to pay more for Medicare than your neighbor. So let's tax plan and make sure that you are not subject to these higher Irma charges. Medicare Part B costs the average person about $165 a month this year. But if you don't play your cards right, you might pay double and not even realize it. All right, next point in the tax planning. Are you charitably inclined? If so, and if you're older, think about the qualified charitable distribution. Once you turn 70 and a half and you must turn 70 and a half, you are now allowed to give directly from your IRA to your charity. Why is this important? Because the standard deduction is so dang high that when you make charitable contributions, you're not getting the benefit. For the most part, you're not getting the tax deduction. But if you give right from that IRA, think of what you're saving. You're not paying taxes on what you otherwise might take the money out of your IRA, then give the money to charity. Now you're not getting the benefit. The other benefit of giving right directly from your IRA when you turn 70 and a half is it lowers your required minimum distribution in the future. The other point that you need to take a look at is consider if you'll be receiving any significant windfalls that could impact your tax liability, such as an inheritance, some restricted stocks vesting, some stock options, maybe a bonus. And if that's the case, let's take a look at your withholdings and make sure that you don't get stuck with a big tax bill come April 15th. If we plan it out right now, there will be no surprises. If you bury your head in the sand, oh, I promise you, there will be surprises. Now stick with me. I got a couple more points in the tax planning issues and then we'll move to cash flow and to insurance planning, which there's a lot less to think about. But the next tax planning issue I want you to consider is if you own a business. So all of you business owners out there, consider the following. If you own a a pass-through business, consider the QBI deduction eligibility rules, the qualified business income deduction. Because there are some businesses that you are in where you can fully take advantage of the QBI, which is a 20% tax break. But in a lot of other service-orientated businesses, that starts to phase out as you start to earn more income. So we need to make sure that you're paying the proper estimated taxes. If you have business expenses, consider if it makes sense to defer or accelerate the costs to reduce overall tax liability. Once again, if you're on the threshold of a higher tax bracket, let's accelerate some of these expenses. If we think next year we're gonna make a lot more money, let's hold back and accelerate some of these expenses next year. And finally, when it comes to tax planning, have there been any changes to your marital status? And if so, consider how your tax liability may be impacted based on your marital status as of December 31st. If you have a spouse that has passed away this year, you are allowed to file married filing jointly. But next year, you could qualify for next year and the year after as a qualifying widower. But if that, the only way you can is if you have a dependent that's still living in your house that's under the age of 18, I believe, double check the tax code and you pay more than 50% of their expenses. If not, your next year, you will have to file single. Why is that a big deal? Because the tax brackets affect everything else. And so we need to consider this year certain things that might make a lot more sense like Roth conversions in the years that you can still file married filing jointly or as a qualifying widower. Now that was a lot of issues to consider from tax planning. And I know I went through those quickly, but here's what I'm going to do for you. In the show notes, if you go to bestinwealth.com and go to episode 231, we're going to post a PDF in the show notes with all of these issues that you need to consider with a little checkbox. Check yes if you've considered it or done something with it or no, you don't need to consider it. These are important issues that at Fortress Planning Group we're going through with all of our clients. But for whoever is listening out there, I wanna make sure that you are considering these issues too. But now if you need to act and you're not exactly sure how to act, don't do it alone. Find a good certified financial planner, find a good certified public accountant to help you work through some of these issues. All right, so we have two other main topics to go through, but the issues, there's only a couple of little sub-issues I want you to think about. In these last two. So, we're going to go into cash flow issues next. And the first thing I want you to consider is are you able to save more? And if you are, consider the following. If you have an HSA, you may be able to contribute $38.50 as a single insurance owner or $77.50 for a family. That's the limit this year. And if you're 55 and older, you can give an additional $1,000. I love HSAs for a million different reasons. I believe I've done a whole podcast on it. If you go to bestinwealth.com, go to the search bar, search HSA, I think you'll find something. HSAs are great. Do you have more money laying around? Let's max out your HSA. If you have an employer retirement plan, such as a 401k, you may be able to save more. But you must consult your provider first, as what rules they have. The maximum salary deferral contribution to an employer plan this year is twenty-two thousand five hundred, and if you're age fifty or over, you can add an extra seventy-five hundred into the plan for a total of thirty thousand dollars this year. That's a lot of money. And the second point is: Do you want to that you need to consider is the five twenty-nine. Do you want to contribute to the 529 account? If so, consider the following. You can use your annual exclusion amount to contribute up to $17,000 per beneficiary into a 529 account, gift tax free. Furthermore, if you have a lot of money sitting around, You can make a lump sum contribution of up to $85,000 gift tax-free to a beneficiary's 529 account and elect to treat it as if you were making these contributions evenly over a five-year period gift tax-free. That's $17,000 times five, that's where I get that $85,000. And it's all gift tax free. There is no gift tax. We don't need to note it on our taxes. But again, these are big issues. Make sure you're working with a professional to make sure you get this done right. And the final big topic before I let you go are insurance planning issues. And the two big ones that we need to think about, you know, other than are you in open enrollment, do you need to switch your insurance? Like all of that is really important. But I don't know if that's a whole nother episode. Here's the two biggies I want you to think about before the end of the year. Will you have a balance in your flexible spending account before the end of the year? If so, consider the following options your employer may offer. But remember, different employers do different things. Some companies allow up to $610 of unused FSA funds to be rolled over into the following year. Because remember, flexible spending accounts are use it or lose it. Health savings accounts that I just talked about previously, you, it's your account, you leave your employer, it goes with you. FSAs, use it or lose it in the year. Now, other than the 610, some companies offer a grace period of up until March 15th to spend unused FSA funds. Also, many companies offer you 90 days to submit receipts from the previous year. And if you have dependent care, flexible spending account, check the deadlines for all unused funds as well. This is important. I have run into this on more than one occasion. Flexible spending accounts are not very fun, at least the ones that I've had in the past. Every time I spent money on the doctor or something, I had to submit a receipt, upload it into a PDF, and then I get the money back a couple weeks later, and I never... Understood all of these various rules. So one day I had $900 in the account, and the next day I had zero because it was use it or lose it. And the last thing I want you to think about when it comes to insurance planning issues is did you meet your health insurance plan's annual deductible? Is your annual deductible met? Meaning, you have a deductible at the beginning of the year. You have to pay every dollar for healthcare expenses until you meet that initial deductible. It might be $250. It might be $7,000. After your deductible, you move into what's called co-insurance. Co-insurance can mean, for example, that you pay 20% of all healthcare expenses and your health insurance pays 80%. So if you go to the doctor and your bill is $1,000, you're paying 200, health insurance is paying 800. But then there's a cap on that coinsurance. And if you meet that full annual deductible, now every time you go to the doctor, your health insurance pays for everything. So if you're at the end of the year and you got some ailments that you've been meaning to take care of, but you didn't want to spend the money because it wasn't that big of a deal. Your hip's been hurting for years, but you figure it would cost thousands to get a hip replacement. Go get it checked out. And I'm telling you now, this podcast will come out a week from today, which I believe will be September 29th, and you have three months to get things taken care of. And you better believe that all the people that need knee replacements, shoulder replacements, hip replacements, they're starting to line up. So get on that schedule. You know, later today, I'm gonna sit back and have a drink and look at my lawn. I'm gonna look at my grass. I'm gonna think about how hard I worked on it this week. I'm going to think about all the steps I needed to go through. I'm going to think about, what if I didn't do what I did when I did it? Because it was all timing. Those are issues I had to get taken care of. I'm also going to take a look around the neighborhood. And I'm going to see who didn't take care of business when they needed to. But I'm also going to be fair because it just might not be a priority to everybody. But your grass, you know. If you don't take all the steps this year, it's not a big deal. It's going to come back next year, and it's probably going to look pretty stinking good. But what about your finances? You are the family steward. And if you don't take care of some of these issues I talked about in the podcast, it's going to be a huge deal. So think about what I wrote. Go to Best in Wealth. Download the checklist. And if you don't know what you're doing, call a trusted CFP, certified financial planner, a certified public accountant, find somebody or contact Fortress Planning Group to help you because these are the kind of things that need to be taken care of each and every year. And when you don't, family steward, it's too late. And guess what? You're that much further away from financial freedom because you didn't take care of the stuff that you can actually control. You know, the stock market I talk about all the time. You cannot control the stock market. We can get in your idea, in your ideal risk level, but hey, guess what? From day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, those returns come in and they're not exactly the way we always want them but we can't control the stock market but every single issue financial issue that you should consider before the end of the year that i brought up in the podcast guess what you can control but you have to take control now because the end of the year is coming soon that's all the time i have i hope everybody has a great 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 week and i will see you on the flip side bye bye everyone